0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I was telling our video audience a moment ago that tomorrow, as I sit here in this studio on a Friday, is going to be the kind of day that we've dreamed about for a long time. Getting a chance to be in Athens. Can't wait to be there. I'm leaving early. Some of y'all are already there. Some of you are going to be having a great time uh, tonight. I've already told you. I think the uh, the uh, folks kind of my age, maybe a little bit older, I think they're coming back to Athens to relive some glory days here this weekend. There's going to be a lot of folks having a very good time, justifiably so. As we welcome back the national champion Georgia Bulldogs into Sanford Stadium tomorrow, what a great celebration that's gonna be uh, how much fun is all of that gonna be I cannot wait to to be with you for all of that we'll talk more about our plans for that here coming up in a uh, moment including a very special event we're doing tomorrow that I want you to I want to invite all of you to be a part of we will give you an idea of what this is going to be because a lot of you have asked hey you know ba can we do something can we get together can we celebrate uh, and obviously that's I'm always in the mood for a good party, uh, a good celebration. So we will do a little bit of that with you tomorrow, and we'll tell you where, we'll tell you how, and uh, it's just going to be a great time. So we'll tell you all about that uh, coming up here in a couple uh, minutes. But in honor of the fact that we're just kind of rolling towards a big day tomorrow, one of the most fun days in Dog Nation history for sure, uh still kind of in the, kind of like that fun celebratory mood around here I'm not quite sure when that's going to die down I mean obviously there's some serious football stuff to kind of cover with this team and we we got to make sure we do that And eventually we'll kind of transition more into kind of doing <laughs> full-time coverage of all the news of the day but it does sort of seem appropriate here just to kind of keep having some fun with all this I mean how much are you enjoying this time I mean yesterday the same thing I kind of go home and kind of scrolling through social media and just seeing all the fun stuff that people are doing the really cool videos that everybody's putting out there and uh you know just the just the great stuff that's going on related to all of this and you know continue to kind of look back on some of the stuff that's kind of already happened the last couple of days and I guess one of the things that still generates a lot of conversation here is the and I say this in the kindest way possible but the awkward interview that Stetson Bennett gave on Good Morning America now we, we defended him at the time we said at the time that this is a tough spot to be in because I knew how I felt that Tuesday morning I mean listen we didn't get back to the hotel it was after 3 a.m and they had a nice little buffet set up for us there and there and you know uh there were some beverages kind of associated with that and so you know it was still I mean it's I mean, I was still tweeting at like 4.30 in the morning. So, uh, I mean, I was not feeling great on Tuesday morning either. So I had all the defense in the world. For Stetson Bennett on the Good Morning America spot because you know these are not full-time sports interviewers it's kind of a kind of a weird spot to be in no sleep whatsoever and if you kind of missed it maybe to kind of understand what we're about to play for you let me give you a little bit of a brief taste of Stet on GMA if you've forgotten it or you missed it the first time around this has kind of been one of the one of the conversation starters for this week this is Stetson from Good Morning America. MVP, Stetson Bennett, is joining us live. Stetson, good morning, my friend. How you feeling this morning after that incredible performance last night? Have you had a chance to get any sleep?
1: Uh, you know, a few hours. Um, not many. Uh, I've been, been wondering about... Uh, yeah, no, not many. <laughs> well, you would have plenty of time to sleep. Congratulations.
0: So that's just awful, right? I mean, not. And I'm not talking about Stetson Bennett. I'm talking about having to be in that spot there at that time because I can promise you this, had Good Morning America called me, and listen, I don't turn down very many TV appearances, had Good Morning America called me, hey, BA, we need you on the show to break down the national championship, I'm not quite so sure I could have pulled that off either at 7 a.m. or whatever that was that he's doing. That's just not an easy spot to be in, especially on what has been such a great night celebrating the national championship. But the reason why I play all that is is because – so. Stetson's kind of making the tour here a little bit right now. You do the GMA spot, and you kind of do some of that kind of stuff. He was also on, some of you are familiar with the Barstool Sports Podcast, known as Pardon My Take, Big Cat, uh, PFT commenter. Uh, he was on with them, and they kind of asked him about, you know, listen, the the, the, the GMA interview. And one of the things you'll notice from both Big Cat and uh, 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 PFT here is, is they're trying to really push the idea that he's drunk. Now, listen, in what you're about to hear – Stetson never acknowledges the fact that he's drunk. He might not have been. He might have just been tired. I mean, let's be fair here for a moment. That I mean, sometimes some of y'all on here are saying I look drunk, but when I'm all I really am is just tired, right? I mean, sometimes that's just kind of the way <laughs> like sometimes the tired face and the drunk face are kind of the same face. But so so there is no physical proof other than the fact there's a photo out there of Stetson turning back a bottle of uh, Pappy Van Winkle. But other than that, there is no like physical evidence that Stetson was truly drunk on Good Morning America. He may have just been tired. Uh, at least uh, he has you know sort of uh, uh, you know uh, plausible deniability to suggest. Anyway, this is a little longer than some clips we played. It's about a minute here of uh, of Big Cat of PFT kind of going in with him on the awkwardness of the gma interview that we just played for you we played that for you earlier this week it's one of those things and you know a day ahead of a fun day in Athens tomorrow why not have a little fun with this this was just too funny not to share here is stetson trying to give a defense for himself of the uh very awkward gma interview stetson with pardon my take how drunk were you when you had to go on good morning america that sucks so bad yeah well the problem was like
1: the problem was it was just it wasn't like a zoom call like this so i couldn't see michael and i couldn't see myself so i had no idea what i was looking like <laughs> i was just talking to like just a, a circular camera so if i could have seen myself i probably wouldn't have been like leaning over to the side or, or, or i don't know i probably could have done a better job um but i mean i got out of the stadium at 2:30 in the morning the interview was at 7:40 in the morning like tough after you win a national championship it's a tough spot yeah, uh, to be you're out there. This is like the best night of your life. You should be able to fully enjoy yourself. And anybody that shames you for being drunk or hungover the next day, that's that's just that person telling on themselves that they've never won a national championship because that's what you're supposed to do after the fact. If anything, they should either pay you money to do the interview or you should just do the interview with somebody who's equally as drunk as you are so that way nobody can point at you and be like, he's the bad guy. We're all in the same boat right. together. So. Um, I, I personally it's didn't tough. have a problem with it. It's tough when you do that interview. Um, like, there's a difference between when Joe did it with you guys and me with, like, the most professional morning show in America, the, you know, Good Morning America. So, um, yeah, that was that was a tough spot. I got a few texts. My grandma called me. I don't remember that one.
0: <laughs> see, how y'all gonna get him in trouble with his grandmother? I mean, come on. I mean, this, see, this is, like, the saddest part about this is the fact that we're all laughing about this and having fun, but his grandmother's like, Stetson, why? Because, I mean, listen everybody's grandma like I don't know anybody's grandmother who doesn't watch Good Morning America if you know what I'm saying so like the 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 spot on GMA is a very big deal for the grandmothers of the world out there and so you know Stetson goes on there and he kind of gets ripped for it all in good nature good fun but for the grandmother out there I mean she wants to see her her grandson looking good on Good Morning America you kind of get him in trouble with that a little bit there on there um I mean and the other thing Stetson brings up which is 100% true is is that the thing that makes the whole thing just sort of weird is the context of it, right? It's like, it's not Stetson being interviewed by typical college football people. You know, this is Robin Roberts. uh, Michael Strahan's a football player, but he's kind of been out of that world long enough now that he's almost more in kind of entertainment wing and not quite so much in that, you know, hardcore football, especially the college football world. You know, this is this is very much kind of an entertainment type interview, and for Stetson Bennett who just played a football game, most of the people watching the show probably didn't watch the game last night, so all of this is just sort of very much out of context and very awkward, and the other defense I'll give of Stetson, and then I want to play a different clip here for a moment, the other defense I'll give of Stetson is this. Like, he is so correct about how Weird it is to do these kind of interviews. Like the camera that Stetson's speaking into, because I've done not Good Morning America, but things like this before. Like I'm speaking right now into a fairly large camera. It it, it looks a, a pretty good bit like what you would expect a camera to look like. But a lot of these cameras for these kind of, like, remote interviews like this don't look anything like that whatsoever. It's almost like a little fisheye type thing or whatever else. Like, I've done every kind of job imaginable before I got into Dog Nation Daily. Like, one of the things I used to do is I used to do, like, some radio stuff for, like, the Hawks broadcast. And every now and then, they would have, like, somebody from the arena on NBA TV, like – This is such an addict. Like, I barely even watch the NBA anymore, and I used to like make brief appearances on NBA TV to like break down a Hawks game. It's so strange to look back at where my life used to be. But you'd kind of sit in the bowels there, what was known as Phillips Arena and like you're staring into this camera that's really no bigger than like the head of a quarter or whatever else you've got no monitor you have no idea who you're talking to or what they look like what you look like whatever else and so from Stetson Bennett's standpoint the fact that he's doing this on Good Morning America like he does he's not getting any immediate feedback for how he looks and so you know whether he was drunk or just tired or the whole thing is just kind of awkward the last thing in the world you want to be doing like seven o'clock in the morning after what was a a great night for you before so i thought Bennett was pretty funny with the part of my take guys on i'll put a link to the full interview because he actually got into a lot of uh, interesting stuff related to all of in fact let me give you another one of these clips right now because this is kind of more on the football part of all this for a moment so uh Big Cat, one of the hosts, had bet on Georgia for the game. And it was kind of ribbing Stetson because he, I guess, said some bad things about him on Twitter when the game wasn't going too well. And then there was the moment in which, you know, the fumble obviously occurred. And I still believe the officials got that wrong. I believe that should have been an incomplete pass. Uh, But nonetheless, it all works out. Georgia wins the game. But I thought that Stetson, this is one of the reasons why so many people, including myself, like Stetson so much, is that the level of honesty that he shows about how it felt to be in that moment and kind of how it's felt to be Stetson been it all season long is just really refreshing. Some of this is great. Some of this has been tough. And, you know, obviously, Jeff Sintel wrote about some of that yesterday at dognation.com. But through it all, I don't think that Stetson's ever been anything other than himself. Very honest. He takes it sort of all head on and – It's the kind of thing that makes me certainly like Stetson more. I hope it does for you there as well. So this is a little bit more of a kind of a footballish type thing with Bennett from PMT on kind of the feeling about the fumble and basically acknowledging that if he was a Georgia fan, which he's told us before that he is, he'd be feeling the exact same way that everybody else was was feeling in that given moment. I thought this was really good from Stetson. Once again, from Pardon My Take, take a listen to this. When we got down
1: um – you know, this pass in the SEC, you know, and then I threw two picks in the second half and just kind of like all unraveled. And even, um, last year at Bama, um, it started unraveling in the second half. Um, and then when I threw that fumble or I threw the fumble, see, I thought it was a pass, mm-hmm. but yep. <laughs> the fumble yep. happened, um, yeah, if I was a fan, I'd, I'd probably be start, start freaking out too. But, um, I don't know. We, we, it. thank God the defense kept us in like a one-score game the whole time. Um, so all we had to do was go down and score. They went for two. And so we went for two, didn't get it, but we are still up one point. Um, and then we, we stopped them and just went down and scored again.
0: So listen, I don't think you can be a better representative of UGA than what Stetson Bennett ha- has been. Obviously, he's a part of this program's history, being the quarterback that brings Georgia back. Uh, to the national championship picture for the first time in more more than 40 years. That will be celebrated forever. And I I do realize there's going to be this conversation about a couple of things, about what Bennett's going to do next year. Maybe we'll find that out tomorrow. I, I don't know about kind of what's going on for him this year. As I said before, Jeff Sintel had some very interesting quotes from Bennett's father yesterday. We'll kind of get into that um when when Jeff joins us here in, in a few minutes and you know I realized that you know Bennett said some things in the uh, GMA interview that kind of you know has some folks kind of questioning here I don't quite know that anything said that early in the morning in an interview that was as awkward as we just said it was I'm not quite so sure that's a binding referendum on anything I I just don't know what the future holds for Bennett and I you know certainly we've been down the road many times what the what the past has been like what Bennett's had to endure and you know some so just, just the whole deal, right? But I think that for now, the only thing you should can do, the only thing you should do, is just stop and sort of appreciate it. This really is one of the amazing stories uh, in college football history, certainly in Georgia football history, that, he, that a guy like this overcame everything that he did to to be the one to make the big throws late, the touchdown to A.D. Mitchell, the touchdown to Brock Bowers, to allow Georgia to bring home a national championship. I am having so much fun. Reliving all of that each and every day. Can't wait to celebrate Bennett and the rest of his teammates there tomorrow. What a great time to be a dog fan. What a team worthy of just enjoying and celebrating. And around here, that celebration is not going to stop anytime soon. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, daily podcast for the fans of the national champion, George Bulldogs. How much fun is that to say on a regular basis? We love being able to do that. We also appreciate all of you being with us here today, there as well. And a big thanks to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible. So whether you're tuning in at 945 for our first and 15, which, by the way, we are shaking off the cobwebs from having been in Indianapolis now because we started pretty close to 945 today, if you don't mind me saying so. So that was really fun. But it's 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, of course, App and Sports Radio 963 f podcast, wherever you find them, including the WorldFamousDogNation.com. Just happy to have all of you with us. And a big thanks to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible. You know, Kroger's got a brand new membership option available to you that I want to make sure you're aware of. It's called Kroger Boost. Now, it costs as little as $59 a year. You can earn twice the fuel points, all kinds of big incentives and savings when you're in there uh, doing the shopping that you're already doing there at Kroger. More benefits, more savings, twice the fuel points, all kinds of great stuff. And as I said before, it costs as little as $59 a year to be a part of it. So check out the website, Kroger.com boost today. That's Kroger.com boost. You can also get free grocery delivery there as well. So that's a really cool thing from our friends at Kroger. Kroger.com slash boost for a lot more on that. All right, we've got a lot going on around here. So we'll get Jeff's intel in a little bit. George got a commitment this week. We haven't really talked much about that. We'll let Jeff uh, tell us more about the uh, UGA legacy loss and lucky, what he brings in the fold for Georgia as Todd Hartley continues to do it in a big way. We'll do that then. We'll talk about recruits that might be on hand for the big celebration in Sanford Stadium tomorrow. That's going to be really cool. And as I said before, Jeff had a very provocative piece yesterday with some quotes from Sets and Minutes. Dad, we'll kind of talk some about that there as well, especially in light of some of the, the funny things that Bennett said on Pardon my Take a moment ago there, too. Before that, though, let me give you a little bit of a taste about tomorrow, if you don't mind, because I'm really excited about what we're going to do. And I really want all of you to be a part of it. You know, some of you obviously wanted to be in the stadium tomorrow. You weren't able to get that. The tickets went quick. Can I just give this? This is not my. This is not an ad. This is just my personal plea as a from one Georgia fan to the other. If you're not going to the thing tomorrow, please give your tickets to somebody who will. Um, this is one of those things where you know, there's just not going to be a huge secondary market for this, right? It's like the, these were free tickets, kind of first come, first serve. Folks get in, they get them. And there were some people that had like a 1,000 browsers open. You had a laptop, you had phone, you had everything else. And so if you got them one place, you may have also got them a second place. You're like, well, I already got these, so I'm all good. Give the tickets to somebody else, or if you just wake up in the morning you're not feeling like it there are so many people who want to be there for, for this if you've got more than you need or if you i don't know change your mind about going or something like that don't don't eat these tickets please don't eat these tickets uh give them to somebody else because I wanted to see it be packed out tomorrow. I want to see it be full. I want to see the stadium full, bridge full. I want to see everything, everybody, everywhere having a great time with this team tomorrow. I'm really, really hopeful that is what the uh, situation looks like. I believe that it will. It's going to be a special, special day to be in Athens. Now, there are some of you that would like to be there that are not going to be able to be, and so that's where we step in to try to give you really good coverage of this, and one of the things we're going to do is the team's coming down Lumpkin tomorrow, and they're going to kind of park right there at the Tate parking lot the way they typically do. And they're going to dog walk their way into the stadium. And there are going to be a lot of people who are participating in this that may not get a chance to actually be in the stadium, but they at least want a glimpse of the team. So this is going to be, I believe, the best dog walk of all time tomorrow uh, of this national championship team. You know, they don't have to be, you know, most of the time when we do dog walk stuff around here. It's, I mean, you talk about, you know, faces, intensity, uh, you know, there is no like smiling. I mean, you know, a couple of the guys sometimes are in kind of a good mood, but for the most part, there is a very, very um, intense nature to the dog walk, as you want it to be. If you're a Georgia fan, you want that team to look like it's ready to come in there and throttle somebody when it enters the stadium. But tomorrow doesn't have to be that way, y'all. Tomorrow, it's going to be all smiles. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of high fives being given. I'm sure there's going to be some hugs given out. So if you ever want to see like Georgia football in its most relaxed state, just kind of there to be appreciated this is not a game they don't have to show up with game faces on they get to show up with smiles on they get to soak in all the love obviously a lot of folks gave that to them in Indianapolis when we were there when they got back to Athens um there was some love to be given but the biggest celebration of all is coming tomorrow so for those of you who can't be there in person to be a part of it we're going to kind of film this for you live. We'll put this up on the Dog Nation video channels. You can see the team arriving at the stadium tomorrow for the uh, big event inside Sanford Stadium. We're just going to try to sort of paint the picture and show it all to you and just make it a really fun thing. I'm just really excited about about being able to present that to you live on video tomorrow. But wait, that's not all. Um, we will not be able to kind of televise the ceremony live. Hopefully we can put some video of this up on the site after the fact, but we will not televise the ceremony tomorrow live. But what we're gonna do after this? Because a lot of you've been saying, "Hey, BA, we gotta we gotta have some sort of thing to get together and celebrate. We gotta have something going on. Just kind of, we're all gonna be in Athens. Let's just punctuate this moment all together." And I want to do that there as well. I've been, you know, I, you know, I, I certainly am not ready for this party to end as of yet. So here's what we're gonna do tomorrow. When it's all said and done, the ceremony's done. They gotta give us time to get over there because we're gonna be walking. Probably, uh, my advice would be maybe you should do that as well. But when it's all said and done, we're gonna leave Sanford Stadium. We're gonna walk through campus, uh, through downtown, and we're gonna go to the Creature Comforts Brewing, like the, the what they call the Snow Tire Facility, right there. So we're gonna be there tomorrow, right after it's all said and done. Um, we should be there maybe like 4:35, something like that. I mean, basically, this is one of those things where. Um, uh, you know, we're gonna leave the stadium, you're gonna leave the stadium, we're just gonna head that way. Um and, and, and be there. I don't have the address on the screen in front of me, but but it let's see if I can pull that up and if I, if I can't do that right now I'll have to get that for you in a second but uh we're going to be there we're going to kind of pull that up and we're just going to be there hanging out we'll be there till probably about 6 30 it's just going to simply be we're going to get some classic city lager I'm going to get my class uh, classic city lager and we're just going to toast it we're just going to celebrate and say hey congratulations on a great year congratulations to everybody who's been waiting for such a long time to enjoy all of this we're just going to, in the moment, stop and appreciate all of that. I'll give you the address for this coming up in just a moment. But we're going to be there at the Snow Tire facility for Classic City Lager, uh, with Classic City Lager and Creature Comforts Brewing on Saturday after the event. Uh, as many folks that can join us there, just a quick toast to say, hey, congratulations on a great year. We'll probably do a little bit of video from there, but it's not going to be like a full-blown show or anything like that because frankly I don't feel like working. It's just going to be a little bit of fun just to sign it out and just say, hey, what a great, great season it's been. How much fun this has been for so many Georgia fans. So we'll do a lot of that with a lot of you there tomorrow. I just simply can't wait for all of that. So let me see if I can give you that address right quick. I'm going to try to pull this up for you for what is going to be a uh, a great, great time. So the event there tomorrow, I still can't see it. Anyway, I'll, I'll get you the the address here in just a little bit. The point is, it's going to be a great time. Now, I am running a little bit late, so let me just do a very quick version of Around the doghouse. Obviously, continue to follow at dognation.com the events that are going on you've seen you know obviously more names when the transfer portal there's also a little bit of rumor stuff out there right now about uh, potential coaches leaving we talked yesterday to Terrence Edwards about the possibility that Cortez Hankton uh, might be leaving to go take the same job there at LSU Terrence Edwards shared some thoughts on that yesterday if you want to uh, hear that you certainly can that's out there there was the Bruce Feldman report yesterday that Todd Munkin might be considering NFL opportunities here that if he has a chance, could be a play caller there at the NFL in the right situation, that he might want to do that. There's also some chatter out there that Jamal Adai could be on the move. And if that be the case, then Will Muschamp was in this Georgia staff, who has a great relationship with Traverse Robinson, who's been there at Miami, that that he could be coming to UGA. So there's a chance that as many as four Georgia assistants could be on the move and you know could be replaced here, and it could be a very busy offseason of talking a lot about that. Here's the one thing I'll keep in mind to you. Obviously, we know that for a program like Alabama, that has been a lot of what has been ongoing here, that, that over the course of years, Nick Saban's done this over and over and over again, and he's done that with great success each and every time. But Kirby Smart also has a little bit of experience with this, too. I mean, if you want to have some comfort about the situation with Georgia going into what could be a year of turnover among assistants, keep this in mind, that when Georgia played for the national championship in 2017, it did so with Mel Tucker as its defensive coordinator and Jim Chaney as offensive coordinator. When it got back to the national title game here again for this year for 2021 and actually won it this time around, it was Todd Munkin as offensive coordinator and for one more game, Dan Lanning as defensive coordinator. So, Kirby Smart's already shown you he can be the kind of coach that can get to national title games with a completely different set of coordinators. Done it in 2017, did it again here in 2021. So, obviously, Georgia is set up well to absorb all kinds of losses here. And it's not easy anytime you have to replace new assistants and find some new assistants. That's obviously one of the toughest jobs that to faces a head coach. But one way or another, that's what you expect national champions to have to endure at least here a little bit. And that is kind of what's going to be going down with Georgia related to all that. At least the rumor mill suggests that's a possibility. So we'll continue to watch that and see where all of that goes. So it's great to have you here on our program here today. We're ready to turn our attention right now. And we're going to get more into the uh, stuff involving uh, Jeff Centel and the story that he writes related to Stetson Bennett's father yesterday. Pretty fascinating stuff. Jeff also had a chance to be on the field uh, when Georgia – celebrated its national championship when the confetti came raining down when the team was given that trophy Jeff had a chance to kind of be there in the mix for that had a chance to talk to some of the key particulars who were involved in that great moment including Keely Ringo himself who led Georgia uh with the interception there at the end of the game what was that like Jeff will give you some of that also on the recruiting angle the commitment that Georgia got this week fresh off the heels winning a national championship and the recruits that will be in the building when a uh, Georgia Has the big party tomorrow between the Hedges and Sanford Stadium. We'll cover all of that right now as we go with Jeff Sintel on the road, assisted by AAA. Glad to have him and all of you here on Dog Nation Daily today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com Insider. We will say hello to uh, Jeff Sintel. Very, very good stuff uh, all the course of the last few days here with him. Obviously, still enjoying that national championship for UGA and looking ahead to a big day there tomorrow. Jeff going to be a big part of that with us here on Dog Nation there as well. So, uh, Jeff, happy Friday to you. Welcome in here to uh, our uh, On the Road, assisted by AAA, and we uh, certainly appreciate you spending some time with us. Brandon, my man.
2: Um, Hey, man. This is the uh, podcast of the defending 2021 National College Football Champions, man. How does that sound? Basking in the glow.
0: Yeah, no, we're having a good time with all of that. It's been really fun, and I'm not quite so sure on this show when the uh, celebration is going to stop, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I can promise you that.
2: We need to have a countdown for it, man, or something, or a count-up or something.
0: Well, listen, uh, it's good to have you here. And obviously, you had a very interesting story yesterday at dognation.com. Spent a couple minutes on this with uh, the father of Stetson Bennett, who did acknowledge what a lot of us have kind of, you know, suspected that it was kind of a tough year for the uh, Bennett camp in terms of, look, anytime you're the quarterback of a team like Georgia uh, in contention of the national title. The high is going to be the highest of highs. The lows are going to be the lowest of lows. I mean, I think that you know, uh, you know Bennett may say that about his time there at, at Georgia. Maybe Bo Nix might say some of that about his time there at Auburn. He's an Auburn legacy, and that didn't absolve him from criticism, that, that on and on it goes. I mean, I think there were some people, fans, media, that took it too far with Bennett, and I, you know, I've tried to point that out when I thought it was appropriate to do so. But in, in terms of criticism, that's just kind of a real thing that exists, how much do you think the stuff that that Bennett endured, that his father told you about their dog nation? How much do you think that um, I guess obscures their ability to to celebrate and enjoy this national championship first and foremost? Uh, what kind of sense did you get of that based on the conversation that
2: you had? Yeah, I, I, I guess for a lot of folks, um, and I would like to thank uh, Stetson Bennett the third for for giving me an audience to talk to him about all that. I've known him probably since twenty fifteen, maybe. Uh, when his son was putting it in the mailboxes, uh, holes the size of the mailboxes, at Pierce County, and Richard LeCount Third was telling me all about him. Uh, I, I think, Brendan, the thing that I would focus on here is that every other quarterback in probably national championship lore, when they win the Natty, when they win it all, it's exhilaration. It's jubilation. It's, you know, it's a Natalie Merchant song, you know, 10,000 Maniacs or whatever. It's the one shining moment, but for for Stetson and his family, I think it's all more a matter of, of relief that, that, that they didn't let anyone down. And and listen, man, I'm privy to a lot of opinions. I hear a lot of great rational football opinions. I hear a lot of radical fan opinions. And then I hear a lot of stuff in the middle. And, and you know, for me, I think the one thing that becomes crystal clear through all of this is simply this. Uh, I think Stetson Bennett, I, I'd love for someone to logically – and cleverly and intelligently articulate me, articulate to me how the Georgia football team will be better in 2022 if Stetson Bennett is not a part of it. I would love to hear that. Whether, And we're going to talk some sensible football when we make this conversation because everybody can say what they want about that, that Georgia was fortunate to have him as its quarterback or the other way around. He was fortunate to be Georgia's quarterback. I hear all these things about the defense. Well, the defense really didn't make those clutch fourth quarter plays, and this is not um, this is really not an answer that I'm going to give. That's going to you know, you know debate the court of public opinion about Stetson Bennett, but let's just make it a football thing out here, you guys. And simply put, whether Stetson is your starter or Stetson is an understudy or a battling for a number one, I'd love to know how somebody thinks the Georgia football team would be better in 2022 without Stetson Bennett. Um, whatever side of the aisle you fall upon, because guys won a national championship, guys beat. Every team in the SEC just about it on the road or in a hostile environment. He's beat Michigan, he's beat Alabama. And uh, as lucky as Georgia's been with the quarterback position with injuries, whether or not Stetson is your starter or not, uh, having him come off the bench would be a relief to a good many folks, I might imagine.
0: Well, yeah, and listen, we got all kinds of time to talk about what's going to happen for Georgia quarterback in 2022. For now, I'm certainly the most interested in celebrating him tomorrow. I think he certainly earned that and deserves that. He was a big part of this national championship here this year, and you can't ever take that away from him. And, frankly, I'm thankful that Georgia had him, uh, and I can't wait to celebrate him tomorrow. By the way, speaking of that, a moment ago, let me go back on this because I did not give you the address a moment ago. So we're going to be at the Creature Comforts facility tomorrow. They call it the Snow Tire facility right there. A lot of you know where this is in downtown, but let me give you the address if you don't. It's 271 West Hancock Avenue. That's 271 West Hancock Avenue. We're basically going to be there from probably about 4.30 till about 6.30. We're just going to have a championship toast. We're going to pop the top on some Classic City Lager. We're going to toast each other. We're going to toast this great team. We're going to toast Stetson Bennett in particular. And we're just going to celebrate this tomorrow, 271 West Hancock Avenue. Uh, it's kind of like right there in downtown, for those of you that are not familiar with this uh, beautiful facility. First of all, it's a great facility. I've sp- spent plenty of time there, I promise you that. Uh, and it's going to be uh, a-, a great time tomorrow. Probably be there by about 4.30, be there to about 6.30. Just kind of a quick championship toast. We're going to hang out, you know, share some uh, pats on the back, some hugs and some high fives and just uh, look back on a moment we've all been waiting for for Georgia to win the national championship. So the address is 271 West Hancock Avenue. We'll do it when the event in the stadium is over. We'll be on video for a couple of minutes there. We'll just kind of look back on some of our favorite moments from the uh, celebration there in Sanford Stadium and most importantly we'll enjoy some uh, classic city lager with our friends from Creature Comforts Brewing Company so I just want to make sure I give you uh, full details on that I'm sure I'll probably mention that again before the show is done rolling on now with Jeff Sintel uh, as we go on the road assisted by AAA here with him and Jeff you had a chance and you're a lucky guy a lot of folks would like to have been in this position as a a photographer you're kind of down there with the team before the trophy was given out and I get a chance to to talk to a uh, ringo and you uh wrote about that at DogNation.com, but you know had a chance to be with these players and, and and do all of that you know for those of us that saw that on tv or saw it from a higher vantage point there in the stadium what was that like to uh kind of be in that moment and and just get a chance to kind of kind of s- to soak all that in or maybe more accurately said to watch the players get a chance to soak all that in what was that like jeff
2: Yeah, uh, Brandon. Speaking of all that, um, I think there's a great story here. I guess I'm going to try to find out, find it out. But I want to know how in the world that many cigars made it down to the field at Lucas Oil Stadium because it seemed like every Georgia player had a cigar. Even maybe the one that I thought were the most uh, church choir type guys and less Harley Davidson type guys. They were smoking cigars, and there was you're taking all these pictures. There's like you have to wait with these, and I'm going to use a Brandon term: these fancy dancy or these fancy. DSLR cameras or mirrorless cameras, uh, you can pick up that smoke ring everywhere. So that was like it was like a halo over a lot of pictures, and you, know, you see a guy like Tate Ratledge, you know, taking drags off a cigarette cigar. Whether it's Nolan Smith, there's a hilarious photo I've got where the Bulldogs wanted to pose next to Uga, and they wanted to pose next to Uga all smoking cigars, and Ugga's like looking around, going, "I'm sure this is not healthy for me, considering the average lifespan of an English bulldog," but. It was just kind of delirium, man. It was fun. It was people, you know, going crazy. I think last, you know, the Orange Bowl game was people making snow angels in the confetti. Um, i tell you one of the coolest things, you know, and I like to – I'm a good karma guy. I like to thank people that listen to our shows and read our show, listen to our stuff and and read our copy on dognation.com. And I had folks asking me. man, They were offering me cash money on the spot to go fill up their stadium cups with confetti. Of course, I politely declined, and I just said thanks for reading and thanks for watching and try to help them out as best I could. But, I mean, it, it was something I'll never forget, Brandon. Everybody's to be fair, to, 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 hey,
0: to be clear here, you declined payment. You didn't decline to give them the confetti. Let's just be clear about that. Uh, you, you didn't decline yeah, to give them the confetti. Yeah. You declined to take payment for the confetti. The,
2: uh, definitely, So You're really good at reading disclaimers in the fine print. And, yeah, the fine print on that story was – I think there were at least two or three folks where I said, "No, man, I'm just going to do it because I'm in place to, and I know it'll be special to you and your family, and it'll be a keepsake, and I know you won't lose it going through uh, security in Indianapolis Airport or driving home." Um, And I think that the the moment for me, man, is when I lost it. Simple put, simply put, this is when when Vince and Kirby were hugging. uh, Man, that just all came full circle to me right there, and the reverence in Coach Smart's eyes, and what the how proud Coach Dooley was. That was one of those moments that hit the fields for me.
0: Well, what was really cool was, um, speaking of the confetti, and that, you know, I've seen the photo of, of, of Dooley and, and Smart, and that really is a special one for two guys I've got great respect for. I know how much Vince Dooley still loves the University of Georgia. Coach Dooley, obviously one of the all-time greats, and that was such a cool moment to see them together. I was glad that Coach Dooley was – I know he'd been a little under the weather before the Orange Bowl, so I was glad to have him back with us again for that one in Indianapolis. But on the subject of confetti here for a moment, What was really cool is, and I think you had to have it in your hand to know this, because I can tell you this, uh, in my pants, both my front pockets, both my back pockets, I had them stuffed with uh, confetti as much as I could get in there. I I didn't have the smart idea. Connor Riley, one of our colleagues, stuffed a bunch of confetti down into a water bottle, which is actually a a pretty good idea. Stadium cup, kind of the same kind of thing. Obviously, I'm not quite organized enough to have those kinds of good ideas. I'm just stuffing it in my pants pocket the best that I can. But what you don't realize unless you... um, we're kind of there up close and personal, is some of the red and black confetti was just uh, generic confetti, but the white confetti that fell um, right there where the stage was, that wasn't generic confetti. That had the the 2022 title game logo on the confetti. So this just wasn't any confetti. This was stamped, branded confetti. So uh, I think my wife's going to take all of our confetti, because we have a bunch from the Orange Bowl too, and just kind of turn it into a big like potpourri jar or something like that filled with confetti. But um uh but the the title game confetti was actually stamped and branded that's how you know that you're playing for a national championship and not just some you know bowl game or something like that you got actually real branded confetti falling down there so as a little bit of a confetti connoisseur now uh i can tell you that i was pretty impressed by that
2: Brendan, i think the aftermarket is telling me that that uh let's just call it that it just means more confetti the branded with the and it just didn't say 2022 it was the logo and font of the and the of the, of the national championship game and that playoff conglomerate, Megapolis. Uh, that's what it had. And that, the aftermarket is telling me the red and black confetti's pretty pretty sporty or whatever. Even the gold and white streamers that popped out, those are really great that flew out of those confetti guns. But everybody's wanting that 2022 stuff with the college football playoff logo because they're creating like shadow boxes out of it with art and they want to have all the confetti there in one spot. That's that's kinda turned out to be a little bougie keepsake of the natty.
0: Yeah, I would think that's uh, all all really true and really fun. The other thing about the confetti that um, you know, I heard a couple people bring up and I certainly noticed there as well, and yet because of the elation of the moment nobody complains, that stuff is as Georgia Tech as it gets. It's the goldest gold, the whitest white, like like that confetti that it's the color scheme for the college ball playoff, obviously. But when it rains down, it's as, it's as Georgia Tech as it gets, and that's also as close as Georgia Tech will ever get to a national chat title having their colors used for the confetti. But, you know, even Georgia fans were kind of fine with ha- with having that gold and white raining down on them because of what it meant. But it was not lost on me that the color scheme for the playoff committee certainly looks a lot like Tech colors as it's kind of falling down from the sky there.
2: You know, here's a pretty cool thing, if you guys want to be in the shoes of a a correspondent or an intrepid reporter that does this. I would say probably for the next 24 hours, whether I was going through my camera bag, and I actually I kind of feel I get a little FOMO that I don't think I got enough confetti or enough uh, branded confetti because I was stuffing that. The photographers get a field jacket that they wear that some people have blue, some people have white, some people have purple, some people had gold. And it was depending on whether you were affiliated with the school or the network or what have you. But you know, I was kind of—they had pockets for that, and I was kind of stuffing that type of stuff in there. But I remember uh, there was a media reception after afterward with all kinds of like cool milkshakes and stuff. But um, I'm sitting there and I'm just going and I'm waiting in line and I like kind of run my fingers through my hair, thinking, you know, wow, this really happened. Is this for real? And there's like confetti coming out of my hair. There's confetti underneath and the layers of the clothing I was wearing, um, and it just kind of stays with you. I looked into my my, my backpack where my laptop and everything is, and sometimes confetti just gets up in there. I mean, we had those field editions, Brandon, where yeah. um, we distributed those, the AJC, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Dog Nation official field editions. And it was the funniest thing, man, because I'm sitting here going, okay, there's a minute left, this game's over, and you'll Keeley had already made the, the chip six or the pick six or the clinch six or the Ringo six, whatever it wants to be called. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I can I can let these things loose now. I can I can turn them loose to a lot of uh, hungry dog fans and dog players and cheerleaders. But I'm like, hold on now, this is Alabama. There's got to be some, you know, some chicken bone or voodoo type magic that Saban still has underneath his cloak, cloak or something for them to pull out an overtime thing right there. So I had to be very judicious in terms of letting those things loose. And well, let me, stop, here, let, me, there let me stop you, but let me
0: stop you there for a second because I think that's actually kind of uh, an interesting thing because I talked about this on uh our video comment section yesterday that so george is up 15 with about 50 something seconds left like i had done a high school game earlier this year that had a hail mary and an onside kick it was the Lounds and and, and walton game like i mean it's not crazy you know it's not obviously likely to think you're going to have a hail mary and an onside kick but it is bryce young that that even after the Ringo interception, because you know if you go back and listen to Chris Fowler, uh, his TV call, Sean McDonough was doing the national radio call. I still haven't heard Scott Howard's um, uh, local call. I'd like to hear that. Boy, I heard uh, Eli Golds. So let me tell you something. Uh, that was so much fun to hear the sadness and disappointment in Eli Golds' voice. Don't think I didn't enjoy that. But the point I'm getting to though is, is that mcdonough on the national radio fowler on the national tv they definitely called the interception as if the game was over and it sounds way better when you do it that way uh but in my mind i couldn't quite really say the game was over for sure and it's not just because it's alabama and bad things happen when Georgia plays alabama that may have been part of it that was not all of it for me part of it was I said before I had seen a game earlier this year at the high school level where you did have the onside kick, you did have the hail mary that that you know you had you know some of that ongoing. So um, even with like fifty something seconds left and Georgia up fifteen points after the Ringo pick, I couldn't have been as sure the game was over as some of the play by play guys who were calling the game were. Yeah,
2: because I mean I think the black eye would be somehow if those those. That proper branding would have been distributed, and that that thing had to go back down the rabbit hole a little bit. That would yeah. have just been that would have, that would just been out of bounds there on Team Dog Nation. But luckily, I believe that would have been my last day on the out. job.
0: I believe at that point in time, I just had to say, "All right, it may be time for somebody else to host Dog Nation Daily," because clearly we need a change in leadership here. Because whatever we're doing <laughs> is not getting it done. So I, I believe I might would have left the chair here for somebody else to occupy after that. <laughs>
2: Brandon, you would have been been working for BridgeJumpNation.com, BridgeJumpPrevention.com. That's what you would be doing.
0: I don't know. I'd been doing something, I guess. Um, So Georgia does get a commitment over the course of the last couple days. We haven't talked a lot about this yet, but it's a pretty big one. Lost and lucky, good-looking tight end for a program that you talk about, you know, tight end university. I don't know that anybody's doing a better job of recruiting that position than Georgia is right now. Todd Hartley, I believe, obviously gets a lot of the credit for that. But the success these tight ends are enjoying on the field helps uh, create some of that there too. Obviously, Brock Bowers, most prominently of all. Uh, give us a little idea of what George is getting in loss and lucky. Uh, he obviously has the distinction of being the first commit to the program post-national championship. So uh, he's a UGA legacy. We know that. Beyond that, though, tell us what else we need to know.
2: Yeah, that was the news that was the newsy item I kind of pegged when Lawson made his commitment and that was kinda of way overdue because uh you know how Todd Hartley works. That guy he's that kid in class. We used to say this about Dale McGee, used to say this a lot about uh Coach Pittman and uh he's the guy that, you know, when everybody's taking the test, he on un- he not only made the hundred on the test for this week's work that he's already read chapter nine, ten and eleven and he's ready for those tests as well. I think we have to go back to Theo Johnson, Brandon, now in the class of twenty twenty. Uh, to find a recruit that uh, that Todd Hartley swung for and swung for the fences for and didn't get. I thought it was very impressive. There was a picture of Oscar Delp, Pierce Sperling III, and Lawson Lucky at Georgia for their really big visit weekend of the season, which was way back for South Carolina. That's when uh, Ernest Green, of all people, was in the house and Arch Manning, uh, everyone else like that. And, uh, he called. That was kind of like a called shot because he put all three of those together. There was a picture, and they all hope to be dogs together. And that 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 is the case. And here is what you got to like about Lawson Lucky. So he's a Georgia legacy. His dad, Mike Lucky, was one of the triplets that signed with uh, Coach Jim Donnan back in the '90s. Um, and you know he wanted to stay home because he wanted to be close to his mom and his his younger brother, who he even described in his commitment kind of notepad tweet announcement proclamation that you know his. His younger brother is a special needs um, student. He's, he, he described him as handicapped, but he wanted to stay close. But I think the really the part of that story which really struck me is that he was going to commit yesterday, regardless of whether or not Georgia won by 15 or they lost by 15, had been he, that much had been kind of set in stone and clad for a long time that he was going to be a bulldog. And really when you look at him, Brandon, his film, Norcross doesn't throw the ball a lot, his film, even though he's shown the ability to – to get loose and uh, make some plays in seven on sevens and at, at the prospect camps at the University of Georgia, really physical player, really physical blocker, as one might suggest with his his dad being a Bulldog, and he really he really takes pride in a lot of the dirty work that a tight end has to do, like that block that uh, Marcus rosamy Jack Saint made on the edge would help, which helped clear the path there for Brock Bowers a little bit. He's a guy that's going to get his ha- get his hands dirty and get his hand in the ground and take care of all of that, but. Um, it's another guy, and here's what other thing it does, Brendan, and you're looking for another footnote, is it moved Georgia to the number one class in the country for 2023 when it's the number one team in the land for like 2021 in the, in the year 2022.
0: I like that. So very quickly, I'm not sure how many of our younger folks realize this, that back in the 90s, Georgia had a group of triplets who played together as you said, for Coach Jim Donovan. It was Miles Lucky, Mike Lucky, and was it Dustin Lucky? Was that the other Lucky? Uh, that was the three Lucky triplets? You're right. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, bing, not, bing, only, bing. not bing. only is Lawson uh, a UGA legacy, but Lawson's dad had two other brothers, triplets, not just brothers who we've had you know, siblings that play Georgia. These were triplets on the field at the same time. And my memory is they all looked like triplets. They looked a, a lot alike, right?
2: I think one I think one of them was a center, one of them was a linebacker, and one of them might have been a combo hybrid uh, type player, O L D L type guy. And you know, you know, Lawson's a guy that has always loved Georgia. I remember talking to him maybe two years ago and I'm like, This kid is a Georgia Bulldog, he just doesn't know it yet. He's like, this is already perfect for me here. I just need to see everything else. Uh, it was just one of those kids that you know you could kind of put on your imaginary tote board for the twenty twenty three class and you know, Georgia's going to reload with, with a great tight end in Oscar Delp in 2022, and they've already got two, two amazing tight ends in 2023. That class is already locked up. I'd imagine Todd, Todd Hartley might have his 2024 pit, tight ends picked out by maybe, by maybe March of 2020, 2023 here when we get going. That's just how quickly he likes to work in advance with his classes. and uh, Really, really strongly establishing himself as one of the top three or four recruiters on this staff um, and this is a the other thing, Brandon. About this weekend, and that might be one of your prepared questions for me here. That uh, the dogs are coming back in town right after they, uh, they win a national championship on a Monday. They're going to be hosting recruits, and you know some some programs, Brandon, have a, a basketball game or something really cool to to tout out to their kids this weekend for, for the first big one of the first big visit days for the 2023 class, but sort of the closing stretches for the 2022 class. Christian Miller, the one of the probably the biggest remaining target in my book. Uh, he's going to he's at Oregon right now on his official visit. Shamar Stewart comes to Georgia next weekend on his official visit. So this is a big weekend for twenty twenty threes and. So let me, like moment, wanna, let me pause you on that for a moment because
0: I want to let me pause on that for a moment because I do want to hear who some of these guys are. But before we get to that, let me remind folks this is on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel. Obviously Jeff on the road covering on the recruiting stuff here for a UGA and everybody else on the road heading towards Athens tomorrow. I do want to get a little bit more from Jeff about who we do expect to see. In Sanford Stadium for the big celebration tomorrow. Before that, let me remind you that AAA, also the one that you turn to for your auto insurance there as well, because when you switch and save, you can put a bunch of money in your pocket with our friends at AAA. So check them out online, aaa.com autoinsurance auto insurance. That's aaa.com, aaa.com autoinsurance auto insurance for more on that. Uh, you can give them a call, 866-380-1637. That's 866-380-1637 for a lot more on that a great resource for your auto insurance needs so Jeff I apologize for interrupting but I wanted to uh kind of finish with this and give you a chance to kind of give us a heads up you know how can this event tomorrow be used for for uh, UGA's recruiting purposes and who are some of those names we might expect to see in the building tomorrow
2: yeah so it's uh, some of the bigger names in the 2023 class will be there I think LT Overton the guy that a lot of people hope to see come to Georgia often and often and keep coming back He's got a basketball tournament. He won't be there. But Justice Haynes is a guy that, uh, another speaking of Georgia legacies, that's probably the biggest Georgia legacy out there in their recruiting space, uh, the son of Ron Haynes, uh, the hobnail boot Haynes. And he'll be back at Georgia, K and Lee, K and Lee, uh, the 2023 cornerback commit will be there. Uh, Pierce Sperling III will be there. I expect Lawson Lucky to be there. Uh, for me, a really impressive defensive tackle that I have is one of the biggest needs or potential guests of the twenty twenty three class. That's Caden McDonald out of North Quintet. He's a North Quintet Bulldog, really loves Georgia. Georgia's one of his top schools. And Brennan, here's what you're gonna to like to hear about Caden. Not only is he a kid that had nineteen sacks, I believe, uh, from the defensive tackle position, he had seven in one game in a high school playoff game. And then the following week in the playoffs, I believe it's the third round, he catches a touchdown pass kind of kind of flaring out of the backfield from his and he's a all-State, All-American defensive tackle type. He told me earlier this week, Brandon, he was just simply going to go to the parade and the celebration on his own, just being a Joe fan, a Joe dude. He wanted to be around that and be a part of that and see what that's like. And then he realized that, oh, yeah, I'm a recruit. I can go probably get a little bit of better deal uh, this weekend by visiting Athens yeah. as well. And he told me, he told me, when you have guys that are wanting to go to Athens for the parade and they're wanting to do it in a just a – I'm a Georgia fan personality and in that in that kind of cloak and not in the fact that, hey, I'm a priority four star all American recruit. I think that bodes well for Georgia's future recruitment of Caden McDonald who I'm just going to tell you, he's one of the most impressive defensive tackles Georgia can sign in any class.
0: I think that's great stuff, Jeff. Thanks for that. Looking forward to seeing you in Athens tomorrow. Hope you'll come by and hang out with us for a little toast there when it's all said and done. Starting at 4.30 tomorrow or roundabout. you all got to give us time to get there. But we're thinking 4.30 tomorrow. uh, They're at the uh, beautiful uh, Creature Comforts facility. Uh, They call it the Snow Tire facility because it used to be a Snow Tire (laughs) uh, dealership. It's a cool building. Very cool building. 271 West Hancock Avenue, kind of just on the other side of downtown uh, we'll see you there tomorrow. Uh, Jeff, I'm assuming you'll be there with us too, so it'll be a good time all the way around. Cannot wait to have you there for that.
2: Let's hope we don't need snow tires coming home, Braden. I've been watching that weather report right. like months. And was my last name.
0: That is a, uh, a very well-timed uh, segue on the way out the door because there is a chance of some winter weather there coming up. On the weekend, but not on Saturday. uh, Heading towards Sunday, you are absolutely right about that. So, good stuff, Jeff. Thanks for being on the road, assisted by AAA here today. We will see you in the Classic City there tomorrow.
2: All right, buddy. See you in Athens, man. Good stuff. Let's take a look around the rest of the league.
0: This is SEC through. Yeah. So, like, if it snows on the weekend, we'll still do Dog Nation. I'll just do it from home on Monday if it snows or if it's icy or something like that. So we'll still have a. Recap of the title parade, but I may have to do that from home. I, I was—I'm t- telling you this right now. Um, I was so nervous driving in Indianapolis because um, it never really snowed while I was there, but there was some like black ice and things like that. And I mean, it was so cold it wasn't gonna melt. I can promise you that. And you know, it's like I, I never really saw anything that was all that like serious. Like I—I probably coasted over a little bit of ice a couple times, but it was never anything too serious but i was like really afraid of what am i gonna do if it's like super icy like what am i gonna do but it wasn't like it hadn't rained enough it wasn't snowy enough like i just never really saw any precipitation supposedly it snowed a lot in like nashville the saturday before we left day before we left i never really saw any i never really saw any snow and ice anywhere but i was on guard for it because this southern boy has no idea how to drive and any of that kind of stuff but the fact is it was it was fine there was just there was just nothing there around but uh, so if it's snowy and icy uh, on monday morning I will probably be uh, from the friendly confines of uh, my home. I'll build a I'll build a fire and I'll I'll curl up and I'll do something there. I'm actually in the process of building a new studio for my home, kind of a Southern Command Center type thing. So um, uh, I don't know if I'll be debuting that for the. Uh, it's basically like a lot of the old equipment we used to have, just kind of now in my house. But um, but maybe we'll pull that out here pretty soon there as well. The point is, one way or another, we will be on the air on Monday to look back on one of the great days in Athens with the uh, national championship celebration from inside Sanford Stadium, which I am over the moon excited about being able to be a part of. Also, a couple of things. Uh, Before we get into cruising around the SEC, we'll do that in a second. Let me do do a couple things here real quick. Some of y'all have been very nice to say that you've already bought, and some of you even bought the hard copy version. You've already bought your copy of the brand new book that's coming out from our friends at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which they invited me to be a part of. It's called Top Dogs, uh, it's going to be a, a, a commemorative book that looks back on the national championship season. It's 128 pages. You can get hard copy, soft copy. You can kind of get whichever one that you want. I am in the book, which I'm really excited about there as well. Um, first of all, I, I can tell you right now, this is one of the professional thrills of my lifetime to be included in this book. Uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you the, the, the details about how to order. But let me just say this real quick. So th- this is kind of like the funny way that things go on behind the scenes. It's like they're, they're like, hey, you want to be a part of this book? And I said yes. And obviously, to publish something like this, you kind of have to give. A, you, ha, you have to sort of get a lot of it ready prior to publication. So I had to kind of write, you know, the notion of what a national championship means to Georgia. I had to kind of do that, sort of with the thought of that Georgia would win, so that the book could be published. And when you're doing that, you're kind of left to wonder: Will anybody ever read this? You know, is this going to ever make the lot of day? Will this ever be published? Because obviously, if Georgia doesn't win the national championship, it kind of goes, you know, the way of whatever else and so when georgia won that was like one of the first things that i thought was oh gosh the book's coming out i got a chance to be a part of the book so this is going to be incredible uh let me show you one more time how you can pick one up i, I think this is going to be one of the great keepsakes for all of this so it's uh triumphbooks.com slash georgia triumphbooks.com slash georgia wins or you can give them a call 800-888-4741 that's 800-888-4741 and you can be a part of that i i hope that you will sh- uh enjoy one of these books not just because i'm in it although i am proud to be in it but the uh, other great writers from the ajc everybody steve hummer and towers and so many of these greats who have you know covered sports in georgia for such a long time their perspective on george winning the national championship was truly valuable so please make sure you check that out and if you uh Don't mind checking out my uh, piece there. I believe it's going to be at the end of the book. You can see that there, too. I'm just really very excited about that. Now, with that said, let's go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Something else I'm excited about is being on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship here in the year of 2022. You can do that there as well. If you'll check out our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority, they can set you up for your great Royal Caribbean cruise experience. You can find them online, tcava.com. That's tcava.com. Or 770-952-8300, 770-952-8300, Here's what I hope you'll do. I hope you'll check out all of the options that are available to you when you're on one of these World Caribbean cruise ships. So many of them have like the Aqua Theater where you have like the 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 diving show. Like you're talking about a, like a world-class entertainment option. Uh, the the high diving show where they're in the aqua theater, they kind of come uh, you know, and, and they're doing all the tricks and all the dives and things like that. That's a part of so many of these World Caribbean cruise ships. You see the flow rider which is kind of like, the, uh, like the, the, the sort of surfing thing. you know. You, a lot of the ships have like Playmaker Sports Bar and Arcade. And there's just so many really cool things you can do on board a, a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. So I hope that you'll check out all of the cool stuff that's available. And, and our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority can tell you all about that, including the private islands like Perfect Day Coco Cay and all the fun stuff that you have a chance to experience. I hope that you'll take a really good look uh, at all of that. A couple of quick stories because I am really kind of getting late here a little bit. And so I saw where Noah Kane, former four-star running back, but at one point in time was kind of on Georgia's radar as a recruit. You'll remember that. Goes to Penn State. Now he's on the move. He's heading towards LSU. And it's probably a pretty good pickup for uh, LSU, all things considered. But uh, the other thing that this just reminds us of is, and I literally don't know how we're going to do this, between all the Georgia changeover that's going to be happening, because there's going to be some, and that's hard enough to keep up with as, as it is. But remember, every other team in the SEC is going to be in the same boat. There's going to be 200 players kind of moving, coming, and going around the SEC. How are we ever going to keep up with all of this? I think in the case of college basketball, it's actually hurt the sport. There is so much of this this – you know, transitory nature of that sport. You know, you've got, you know, 8, 9, 10 guys leaving off a team that only has, what, 16 guys in the roster, something along those lines. So it's more than half the team moving each and every year. College football provides you a little bit more stability because it's still at least an 85-man roster. But with uh, guys like Kane going from Penn State to LSU and, you know, Alabama's, you know, uh, what Shane Lee's leaving that program, you got – to say nothing of the NFL draft departures, you've got so much player movement around the SEC right now that we're going to try to do our part here in this portion of the show to kind of get you updated on it all. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy just to cover the Georgia names alone. To cover everybody else is going to be pretty tough. But obviously, when the dust finally settles, we'll see if we can kind of figure out who's where and who got better throughout all of this. Obviously, in the case of O'Brien Kelly here, first-year coaching staff trying to put a roster together and really trying to reboot a program at LSU that probably needed that. So that's worth watching. One more thing. I want to mention here for a moment. I thought this was actually pretty bizarre. So you know Kevin Thibodeau, a terrific uh, Oregon player kind of on his way to the uh, NFL and he was being interviewed by Joel Klatt and Thibodeau was kind of about the decision to go to Oregon. And you know, he obviously talked about the connection to Nike and the fact that he kind of liked that and I guess Thibodeau, you know, he's kind of done some state NFT with Nike, some things like that. But he also talked about the stigma, he called it a stigmatism, but the uh, the the stigma around um as he said, being kind of a dumb jock. He said, so I had to go to a place like Oregon because I can't go to a place like Alabama. I'm already, as he said, stigmatism, but the word is stigma. There's already a stigma around me for being kind of a dumb jock. The last thing I can do is go to a place like Alabama, basically insinuating that everybody in Alabama is dumb or the school is greatly inferior to Oregon. And so uh, on the radio show, you've heard me cite this radio program before, I listen to it from time to time, Uh, Greg McElroy and Colt Kubelik from WJOX in Birmingham so McElroy, who to be completely honest with you I sort of have a tendency to think of as a little bit of a vanilla type guy really went heavy in on uh tipido basically challenged him to take an IQ test a uh, challenge to take the wonder league test which uh has been a thing the NFL draft has used in the past I think they're about to stop using it but I think they've used in the past try to measure just sort of general intelligence of players now McElroy was like I guess a candidate to be a Rhodes Scholar or something like that. I didn't realize that he had those kind of academic credentials, but he was very bothered by the words of Thibodeau and went after him pretty hard. This whole thing is actually pretty bizarre. Uh, I think Joel Clatt has kind of apologized for like the interview, like, like Alabama folks were not happy at all here. And I guess in a roundabout way, I kind of understand, you know, if you feel like somebody's disparaging your school or disparaging your state of course you're going to fight back on that. That's what local radio's for. Local radio exists to kind of stick up for local folks. And, yeah, if you're Greg McElroy and somebody like that's dragging your school through the mud, especially if they don't have all the facts right, um, then, yeah, you're going to push back on that. You're going to kind of fight back on that. But the whole thing has been kind of a weird, like it's sort of weirdly blown up here over the course of the last 24 hours where um, a lot of folks are really pretty bothered by all of this. So I thought I'd mention it and uh, we'll make that your se see-through cruise around the SEC courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. Let me also shout out my friends at the Finished Long Drink there as well. Of course you can find the Long Drink online longdrink.com and you can take advantage of the opportunity to kind of sift through which long drink option is right for you. A lot of folks toasting uh, championship success here for UGA. The Finnish long drink, great opportunity for that. Of course, you know the story. It starts in Finland. That's why it's called the Finnish long drink. It starts in Finland back in the 1950s when the summer games were in Helsinki. Been in the United States for a couple of years. Uh, Now it's in Georgia and pretty much everywhere else, but certainly here in the state of Georgia where I am, you can enjoy it. It looks like a beer. It comes in a can, but it's not a beer. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail uh, that you just pop the top and you enjoy, whether it's the traditional, which comes in the blue can. That's like the gin flavor, the grapefruit mix, the long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume. I know some of y'all like that. Long drink zero, zero carbs, zero sugar, long drink cranberry. Uh, very popular in my neighborhood around the pool and everything else during the summertime of the year. Uh, the finished long drink, a really, really cool drink option for you. You should be aware of it. Ready to drink cocktail right there in the can, pop the top and you enjoy it. So find them online, thelongdrink.com. Thelongdrink.com. You can figure out where you can, and, and including picking up one of these eight can variety packs. I told you there's four different varieties of the finished long drink. If you get the eight can pack, you get two cans of each variety. So that's a cool thing to enjoy there as well. Thelongdrink.com for more on that. All right, before we wrap up, let me remind you this is what tomorrow's going to look like. We are live on video. Once again, these are all like approximate times. 11.45-ish or so. 11.45-ish or so for that. It'll be a little bit like a traditional dog walk, but it's going to be way more fun than any dog walk ever because there's going to be eight gazillion people there. And it's going to be a chance to see the team walking in, not with, like, you know, game faces, whatever else, but uh, but just getting a chance to get the ovation they deserve. That's what this all comes down to. College football is such a tough thing, right? The, the, the grind is tough. The physical toll that it takes on your body is tough. When you endure a season, you deserve a pat on the back for doing that in any situation. One of the reasons why we love bowl games is because it is a celebration just for the fact that you got through the season, and I think the players deserve that. But when you get through the season the way that Georgia did, last team standing as the national champion, the celebration reserved for you is even more special than that. So that's what Athens is going to be tomorrow. So before it all gets going, we're going to show you live video of the team driving down Lumpkin, getting out right there at the Tate parking lot, walking into the stadium, and hopefully so many thousands of Georgia fans will gather there around the mouth of that stadium, ready to uh, greet that team as they arrive. We'll be inside Sanford Stadium for the big event after that. Hope to show you some of the video clips and whatnot when that's all said and done. But then when the the moment in the stadium is over, we are all, as they're going when when they tell us we ain't gotta go home, we gotta get up out of there. We're gonna go for the after party. The after party for us, a a, a very kind of quick toast, just to say thanks for a great time. We're gonna show up at uh, the snow tire facility for Creature Comforts Brewing Company. Let me give you the address there one more time before we do this, because I want to see as many of you there as can. We're gonna we're gonna just sort of pop the top on a on a, on a classic city lager and have a toast together uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's Creature Comforts Brewing Company, 271 West Hancock Avenue. That's 271 West Hancock Avenue. We'll be there. We'll do that. We'll make it a great time. Uh, Listen, you know – it's one of those moments where I, I just want something we can do tomorrow to sort of share a special moment with all of you. That's what this is going to be. You've kind of asked us, hey, would we do something? Well, this is the thing we're going to do. We're going to get together. We're going to pop the top, enjoy a little classic city dogger. I'll do a quick, short video from there just to kind of recap the day there in Athens and kind of highlight some of the, what I thought the best moments were from the, uh, from the event itself. So it's just going to be a great, great time. So I'm looking forward to that there as well. I'll see you there for that. And with that said, let's get ready to wrap up today's show. So one of our most talented uh, submission specialists for our golden shoe, it's not like an MMA thing, but one of the guys that does the best job of submitting golden shoe entries for us is our buddy, Joel Sidney Kelly. This is a very fun, very funny one. You've seen this before. It's the Seinfeld meme thing. That's the mailman and uh, that's really good with Stetson Bennett. But how about at the end here, it becomes Nick Saban who's kind of sitting there. Uh, that's just really funny. Joel Sidney Kelly's really good at this kind of stuff. Very well done. Uh, we'll make him a golden shoe winner today. Kind of a nice play on the Seinfeld uh, mailman meme. That's uh, really good stuff from Joel Sidney Kelly. Congratulations about that. All right. Also, you have spoken out. We ask you, do you want to do a new thing to close at the show? So for now, we will do that. We're going to give you our Gator Hater Updater. I believe we have the right number of days here. How many days did I say this was? 4,754 days since Florida's won a national championship. Sucks to be them. Feels good to be Georgia. And by the way, 288 days from now, dogs go back to Jacksonville, get another win against those lousy, stinking gators. Can't wait to show you that then and celebrate it all with you. Y'all have a great weekend. We will see you in Athens tomorrow, back here Monday for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. We'll talk to you then, everybody.